Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Well, hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Niner Noise Podcast part part, you know, part, fart, whatever, of the fan-sided podcast network. My name is Robert Morrison. Once again, back with you all and here uh, with me, NinerNoise.com uh, associate editor, editor Peter Panacee. Peter, how's it going tonight, man? It's going. I'm, 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 uh, <laughs> I'm glad it's in the, in the middle of the week uh, and we get to talk uh, another week of actual 49ers football. I know. But I got to say, yeah, I'm um, good thing I'm already bald. Um, good thing I'm already starting to go gray because now that's all that's left is to lose weeks off my life. And I'm pretty sure the wild card game did that. Yeah. 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 yeah, For sure. Um, what a, what a weird last two weeks it's been, um, (laughs) like two games that I'm sure we'll get into this as we, as we talk through, uh, the, the wild card win over the Cowboys, two games that looked like weirdly similar, but like almost mirror images of each other, except for the end, um, which, cause that would have been bad if the, if this one had ended in the mirror image of, of, of week 18 completely. And that means that, that it would have been ended it with a Niners loss. And we'd be having a completely different conversation than we, it would be right now, but it was, it's just so weird to me how week 18 was Niners got off to a horrible start. They're down 17, nothing like, Oh no, the season's over. Like we're going down. Thanks for nothing. Atlanta, like that whole thing. And then the other, and then the opposite was this week. We got in off to a great start. We're up 13, nothing. Although I don't know about you, but I was sitting there going, okay, those two field goals are that, is that going to come back to bite us? Like that's, that feels like that's going to be bad. Um, <laughs> but and then it it sort of hits a fever pitch, like we're up twenty three to seven, like Cowboys aren't doing anything, and then all of a sudden, you know, 
bad Jimmy Garoppolo shows up and things start to unravel a little bit. Um, it was just a weird, 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 weird game. Um, I don't know what general thoughts you have about it before we can sort of break down the the specifics of it and get into the details if you want any major feedback that you had. There were so many moments in that game where it was like you thought the 49ers had put this away. I mean, even just going into that opening touchdown drive, which was almost just perfect, right? Like the, it, it was a, it was a drive that was working to perfection. It was a drive where the Niners were just doing what they wanted. And then, yeah, I get a lot of offensive drives, you know, scripted plays. They start off like that. But then you get towards the end of the game. And even those field goals early on, I'm like, okay, not exactly great against the number one scoring offense in the NFL. But towards the end of the game, it's like the Niners should be up by like three scores by now. This shouldn't be a ball game. And then yet some way or another, it's like, okay, Dallas is in position to win. Okay, 49ers score that touchdown with Devo Samuel. All right, they're in position. Oh, Jimmy Garoppolo throws a pick. Okay, okay, Dallas scores off of it. It's a game again. Okay, 49ers are able to pick up the first down on the Devo Samuel run. Oh, never mind. He's short. <laughs> uh, I, you know, and, and, and then, okay, QB sneak. Oh, it's good. Oh, wait, false start. Jimmy G didn't get set or didn't allow everybody to get set. Oh, my gosh. It was so many of these moments that are just like, my God. And I tweeted this out, like, right around that point. I'm like, if the 49ers lose this game, yeah. it's going to go down as one of the worst postseason debacles in franchise history. No mm-hmm. doubt about that. And that's, that's where the life expectancy of me <laughs> got cut short a little bit, you know? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was right there I with mean, you. I mean, I guess the one positive from it and, and, and one thing that I tweeted out after the game was earlier in the season when the 49ers were mired in that four-game losing streak, when they were three and five, and they were basically figuring out new ways to lose every week. Those were the kind of mistakes that would have epitomized a loss. So at least in part, I mean, you can look at the 49ers from, from the wild card round and just say, okay, they were able to survive those mistakes because even beyond that, that actual, you know, crazy second half of the, of the fourth quarter, I mean, the Niners made plenty of mistakes throughout the game. I mean, there was the, the gaff on the fake punt that everyone in the world mm. could see coming except for Josh Norman. <laughs> um, you know, there's running into the, into the kicker. And, and like, mm. that was another one of those wild things where I don't know if you heard, um, former 49ers tight end Brent Jones. He was on KMBR 680 yeah. uh, yesterday. But he was talking about, you know, back when the 49ers were up big on on, on a team, you, you don't even try to rush the punter. <laughs> you just say, okay, you guys can punt. Go ahead. Like, we're not even going to try to get to you. Like, go ahead and punt. It's fine. And in this case, it's like, all right, the 49ers were up big. They had all the momentum. It's like, oh, gosh, you know, third and long and fourth and long and, and those kinds of mistakes. It was not a clean game from San Francisco's vantage point. I mean, what, nine penalties for almost 60 yards for the 49ers. Um, but the 49ers survived it. And yep. that's probably the big takeaway. Earlier this season, um, that wouldn't have been the case. So if you're looking for kind of a net <laughs> improvement from San Francisco, that's probably it. They're able to survive a lot of their mistakes and aided by the fact that the Cowboys just made I, more of it. I was going to say the, the Cowboys kind of out 49ers them 
if that if I can say such a thing, um, just kept shooting. I, I had said to some friends of mine in the middle of the game, I'm like they just keep shooting themselves in the foot. And that's the only it felt like for a while there, like from the interception on, it felt like the only reason that the Cowboys had not snatched the had not taken control of that game is because they kept doing something stupid, um, <laughs> you know, committing penalties after big gains. You know, the Niners were in a couple of positions on that last drive that almost ended up being the last one of the game where they should have given the ball back. And Dallas, I, I, I lost count of how many uh, like pre-snap penalties they had. I think they had like 14 penalties that were assessed against them. I feel like eight or nine of them were were offsides or false start or something like that that just was stupid, like just figure out where you're <laughs> lining up kind of things that I didn't understand. Um all over the place but yeah it was certainly a game uh not for the faint of heart which feels like the the i think that would be if we were going to make a, a movie about the 2021 49er season we could call it not for the faint of heart because that would uh i feel like that would sum it up pretty well <laughs> no i don't know what you think about that but uh that feels like about right to me cardiologist yeah, pretty accurate pretty... gosh and 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 it, it is kind of funny. So like people might not notice, know this about me, but like if after years of doing this, like I'm not the crazy impassioned jump up and down, throw stuff at the TV, like make a lot of noise when things happen anymore. Like I'm just not, maybe I'm older, maybe just focusing on work has been more important than, you know, actually getting excited or too, too down about the game. This was an exception because it was literally like in the middle of the game, I'm looking down at my left leg and it's just bouncing up and down. <laughs> and like, yeah, you know, I, I check my pulse. And I'm like, it's like, brrr, I'm like, okay, yep. Definitely nervous here. And yeah, if it weren't for the fact that Dallas was just so set on shooting themselves in the foot, I, I wouldn't know what to make of it. And, and, you know, it, one of the things that you just mentioned in a lot of, those penalties too uh the 49ers got four first downs because of cowboys penalties and you know on the the contrary the only first down the cowboys got was that roughing the kicker one so i mean (laughs) you know thank goodness the cowboys were less disciplined uh thank goodness head coach mike mccarthy didn't have his team prepared that whole last play of a quarterback draw (laughs) with like 14 seconds remaining you know and look I, t- I talked to Cowboys fans, you know, kind of internally here at fan sided, you know, there's conversations with our, uh, our sister site over there, the Landry hat. And, you know, there's still kind of a little bit of a take, man, you know, the refs, yeah, they screwed up. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what are you doing calling a draw play <laughs> with, with that much time? Right. Like, yeah. like literally it's, a, you might as well call a run play in that case, but who would run the ball in the middle of the field with no timeouts? Um, it, I mean, that might make, quasi sense if you're trying to do it to get into field goal range and it's a field goal game it wasn't so i mean that's just one it's a poor play call and who i don't care who's who came up with it if his offensive coordinator kellen moore i don't care if 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 mike mccarthy signed off on it and and dak prescott like i don't care if he was like yeah cool i'm gonna go (laughs) ahead and do that like situational awareness right there. And so in that kind of, in, in that kind of situation, and, and I know it's, it's kind of easy to, to jump up and down on Kyle Shanahan for some questionable, you know, decision-making things that he had and some clock management, but 
man, you can see how bad it could be with, with, with Mike McCarthy. Yeah. For, for, for all the Niners fans who've been complaining about Shanahan in those situations, which, you know, he's, he's certainly not the most aggressive in, in those situations all the time, but uh, that was, yeah, that was pretty bad. And then not, and then for nobody on the, on the Cowboys offense to know, like for it not to occur to them, Oh, the referee needs to touch the ball. Like he handed Dak handed the ball to his center like three times. <laughs> Cause he picked it up and almost like his center knew, like, I can't do anything with this <laughs> until you tell them. Cause he dropped it and put it down. It was like, it was a weird, bizarre sequence, but one that worked out in our favor. So I'm not complaining too terribly much. Um, aside from the fact that even if they, even if they gave him a second, like, I mean, they got one shot to, to throw it into the end zone from there. Um, you know, that's still a worry, a worrying proposition, but I'll, I'll take the way it ended personally. Um, I was, it was just that massive exhale. Like that was what it was. I was like, Oh, the game's over. Thank you. Like <laughs> that was, that was my only reaction in the moment, but um, all right. So let's, uh, let's, let's, let's talk about some, some good things and some bad things that happened in this game before we uh, turn our attention to the, uh, the next round, which is the divisional round in the frozen tundra up there in green Bay, Wisconsin. Uh, to take on the uh, number one seeded Packers. Uh, so, Peter, uh, tell me, let, let's do, let's go to the one up, one down for this game. Uh, who, who'd you have for your for your up for this game um, for the Niners? So I thought about this for a while, and you know, it, it would be easy to go with someone like Debo Samuel. I mean, the game's clear cut MVP, right? I mean, the Niners' offense is just so much better with him doing what he does. And that would be cool. Uh, it would be equally as cool to, to call out the defensive line. Uh, they were phenomenal, even after Nick Bosa went down with his head injury. I, I'm sorry, Joey Bosa. <laughs> yeah, who's Nick Bosa? Michelle Tavoy, you yeah, are Joey a professional. Get concussion. it together. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I was literally thinking to myself, I'm like, um, yeah, he's out of the game because he's on the Chargers and they're eliminated. But anyway, whatever. Um, I could go with 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 those different directions, but yeah, I, I'm going to echo another another call. Um, I'm going to go with Jawan Jennings, mm. and the reason being, I mean, d- didn't feel like he had like six or seven receptions in that game. Yeah, like just like it felt like that. He only had three catches for 29 yards, but each one of those was like in a money situation on third down i think two of them were like third and long Mm -hmm. and like you know he's a very kendrick Bourne type player and last four years kendrick Bourne was such that third down red zone weapon you know not not a guy who's gonna have burnish speed but i mentioned this on the last pod someone who's super physical and doesn't matter doesn't mind getting chippy and, and and blocking and doing a lot of the little things but man it was just like he came up with those three catches, each one of them was like crucial mm-hmm. and it was so fun to watch. And yeah, I, 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 I'm certifiably a Jennings fan. I, he's been fantastic this year and especially down the stretch when the point is in the He's definitely my up. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and, and as you mentioned, uh, uh, getting in there, getting his nose, the, in the blocking on the run game, just asked uh, Trayvon Diggs about that. <laughs> if you, I don't know if you've seen that, the video circulating about the, the you know borderline like maybe like it was very close to being a what what do you call it but when the the blind side block kind of thing where he kind of he was 
sort of diagonal on digs and did he knock the snot out of him and it was kind of satisfying um to to see uh at that point in the game but yeah jennings is definitely again not not putting up massive numbers but as you said three catches all all for first downs um on third down so key key player for sure um i'm i'm just gonna go with with the obvious for mine and just it's just i mean debo samuel let, let me rephrase all pro pro bowler debo samuel um just has had a massive season um i mean just he's been incredible all year but just the the player that he has turned into this year has been just crazy like do you think back to 2019 during that super bowl run they were they were using him in different ways kind of gadgety kind of thing you know a lot of jet sweep um you know end around action but this year they've they've turned him into a full-blown running back along with being a wide receiver and it feels like some games he's more of a, a, a running back. Some games he's more of a wide receiver. He ended up with, uh, let's see, what, 13 total touches, um, just a hair over 100 yards, uh, 10 catches or 10, 10 carries, 72 yards in that uh, that go ahead touch or that that not, they were already ahead. But the, the building touchdown, they get it up to 23 points uh, in the third quarter. And then three catches, 38 yards, um, and caught all three of his targets, um, including a long of 19 in the game. So just continues to be the engine that that drives this offense. I mean, Brandon Ayuk had more catches and more yards. Um, the passing game was a little, you know, kind of mediocre in terms of overall numbers, as it turns out, um, mostly because they, they were able to get up early in the game and they kind of turned to the running game and ended up, you know, running the ball 38 times for 169 yards which is what they wanted to do against this defense for sure. But I mean, Debo has just been whatever they asked him to do. And, and you can see the the confidence that's building in him. There's a, there's also a video circulating of when uh, K1 Williams got that interception um, right leading up to Debo's uh, touchdown. And he runs out on the field and he turns and he looks and he says, Kyle, Kyle, I got you. <laughs> and then he, and then they run the play and he goes in and runs a touchdown, runs a touchdown and, and as he's going to the sideline, he goes, I told you, I told you. And Kyle goes, you did. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Like you, you did tell me like he, he got him. So it's been awesome to watch him just mature into just this all pro, just crazy good player. Um, of course, that means he's going to cost a lot of money uh, this offseason. But um, I think he's, he's earned it. And I'm looking forward to see what else he's got uh, coming up uh, next week. So um, with that, uh, We'll move on to the down down for you, Peter. What do you think? Yeah, this one's tough too. Um, I know I just kind of threw Josh Norman under the bus for that special <laughs> teams gaffe. And, it, and I guess I kind of joked about it. And a lot of other people have seen like, gosh, the, the guy who's elite, elite at holding and pass interference. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I mean, like maybe you do it there. I don't know. Um but that's kind of a that's that's kind of a I guess a simple one to look at here, um, you know. To be honest with you, I'm gonna have to go with 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 Jimmy G on this one, and it's not necessarily because he had a terrible game, but it wasn't great. I mean, if you're being honest, I mean, 16 to 25 for 172 yards. That's that's a pretty common garoppolo playoff line if you look back at like what 2019 was and and it's certainly not against the packers in the 2020 afc championship but like you know, the that's a lot of throws for him in the in yeah playoffs. yeah yeah the, the, the 49ers <laughs> don't typically want him to throw more than 25 times in a game 
I mean, when he has to sit back and, and sling it, it's usually a bad sign. Uh, and look, I get that he's got the thumb injury and I get that he's dealing with a shoulder sprain now. And we'll get into that in a little bit, but some of the, just the, the decisions were just off and, you know, the overthrow on the interception to Trent Sherfield. And, and he said after the game, you know, I just, I, you know, I, that, that was just a bad throw. I just, it, it got away from me a little bit. Okay. But you would expect the $27 million a year quarterback or whatever to make at least a ballpark throw in the vicinity of where a receiver is just, just, just a ballpark throw. I'm not asking for, for uh, if something, you know, hitting someone in stride on the numbers. We all know Garoppolo is not exactly the best at that, but just in that kind of a situation with the game still very much in doubt, uh, that hurt the overthrow of Brandon Ayuk. And I know some people were blaming Ayuk for flattening out his route. No, that's a parallel line. Who's, that's he's who's doing man. It, you go search Twitter. Yeah. You know, the Garoppolo stands out there. Well, Ayuk slowed up. He's standing yeah. wide yeah. up. <laughs> Just had to throw yeah. It to him. <laughs> yeah. You hit your receiver where he's at and where he's going, you know? So anyway, whatever, fine. never going to convince that crowd. So it's fine. But yeah, that if, if Ayuk is hit, you know, square in the numbers, or at least in stride, he's still running. Like that's going to be a large game, if not a touchdown, but you know, especially against the Cowboys who gave up, I don't know how many yak yards this season, a ton. Um, that's probably a score. And so if you take away just those two mistakes, just those two alone, we're not having those stress levels, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, the game is over with, with five minutes to go and the 49ers are just going, ha ha. We're bleeding the clock. You need, you know, two scores to win and whatever. Um, but then, of course, not getting set on that fourth down QB sneak. I mean, that's that's high school level mistakes, you know, and I get it. Playoff atmosphere. I don't care how experienced you are or how cool you are under pressure. Like you're going to have some jitters. Fine. I mean, like anybody who's played competitive sports, I don't care if it's Little League or whatever. You get into the playoffs, okay, everything's on the line, maybe a winner go home type game. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be a little antsy, but gosh, like something as simple as that. And again, one of those moments where it's like, why are the 49ers in this situation? This game should be over. And yet he has that gap. So yeah. I don't know. I, I I gotta look at him as the down. You know, the 49ers didn't win because of Jimmy G. It was more siding with they won in spite of them. And, you know, that's kind of what you get with them. I mean, there's there's some games, like, against the Rams. He bounced back nicely. I gave him credit for that, and I think a lot of people did, deservedly so. But in this particular outing, it wasn't good. It yeah. wasn't good. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean that was kind of what I was alluding to, by and large, when I was talking about how the the mirror images with the, the Rams game. He started off that, that Week 18 game horribly like it was it wasn't just the that the defense was giving up points it was that the offense couldn't get going and part of that was on on Garoppolo and then all of a sudden the second half you know end of the first half they they turned it on and they managed to get the victory similar kind of thing just in reverse here and you know I think there's something to be said for you know whenever if if Shanahan said that the the shoulder injury happened in the second quarter and a a lot of people who are starting to dig into it if if have realized that they're trying to find out when that happens and how the numbers might've skewed, but I, I don't know. It, 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 there were certainly enough points in the game 
where he the the mistakes that he was making didn't allow the Niners to put the game away. And I think that was really the important thing, right? Like, you know, like you said, if he makes that throw to Ayuk, they they probably end up winning like 30 to 10 or something like that, because the Cowboys don't have the ball anymore. Or maybe 30 to 7. Maybe they don't score anymore. They don't throw if he doesn't throw that interception, because literally all they had to do at that point was hold on to the ball. And they probably end up milking most of the rest of the clock away. And then we don't have to worry about the end of the game and all the other things that happened. And it's just, it's disappointing um, for sure. So I'm, I'm definitely with you on that. I was um, going to, for my down, I was going to focus pretty heavily on, on Josh Norman. Cause that was another, another moment. He was only in the game really that I noticed for that's for the special teams. And it, it's, it's really disappointing the special teams unit. And we'll probably talk about this a little bit when we get to the Packers um, <laughs> game a little bit. Uh, but the special teams units have just been awful, mostly in return and in coverage uh, throughout the year. And this is just another example. This is the second time they've been burned on a, on a fake punt that was almost identical to the one uh, that I think the Rams got them in week 10 with the, like almost the exact same play. The dumb thing about the Rams one, of course, is that their punter does that all the time. Um, I don't know about the Cowboys guy, but I mean, I mean, come on, you got to know at that point in the game that they're going to try something and the fact that uh, they weren't even prepared for it is, is certainly problematic. So uh, highlighting Josh Norman because he was the one that was attacked in that moment. So they saw something about the, the setup there that led them to believe that they could make that happen. But I think generally speaking, it's just it's it's just bad special teams coverage and, and bad awareness. And I if I had to guess, I would I would guess that Richard Hightower might be out of a job when the, the season is over because it's been a really rough year for them um, across the board. Yeah, it's kind of weird because, I mean, it's it, wherever you want to look at it. And, and, and there's part of me that will – I won't say that I'll uh, totally defend Richard Hightower, but, I mean, special teams are so inconsistent from one year to the next, namely because it's all your reserve players for the most part. I mean, you're, you're dealing with backups, third stringers, maybe a couple of core special teams guys that you sign just because of their special teams prowess. But, you know, if, if the 49ers are dealing with that 31 other teams in the league are dealing with it too, you know? And, and so it's nothing unique to the 49ers and really, I can't remember the last time to be actually, to be honest with you, I think the last time the 49ers special teams was, was any bit of a strength and call it what you want because of the year (laughs) was was 2017 and i think they like led the league in in punt yards punt return yards allowed or something like that it was really low hmm. and you know kick returns were, were fine and you know returns and, and extra points and field goals all the little tiny metrics that go into it those were all fine but you really ever since 2018 you don't really have anything special about special teams they've either been just kind of mediocre or downright bad and this year it's bad and i always stress this you know special teams isn't going to win you any games but certainly can lose you games. And yeah. 49ers came close to that. Uh, they've lost games because of special teams this season, and they certainly came close to that in a wild card round. Yeah. Well, and the, and the frustrating part about it, too, is that you mentioned the, the, like the special teams ace. That is basically Mark Nazach's thing, and he was the one who busted in there and, and got the roughing the kicker penalty on that punt. So that was – th- I mean, they he'd been gone all year, and all of a sudden they brought him back for this for the for the playoffs and he comes in and I, I i know that's not fair like i'm he did a lot of other things i'm sure but when 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 your main 
thing is that you play on special teams, then you make a major mistake in that regard. It, it certainly stands out uh, without a doubt. But anyway, um, hey, I, I, I don't know about you, but I, I certainly am, am, am a little surprised <laughs> given where we were like three months ago that, that we're still talking about a season that continues. But but regardless of of the 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 amount of hair that we might have lost or amount of uh, calls we might have made to our cardiologists and, and whatnot, the Niners move on. And uh, like I said, they're heading to Green Bay. Uh, they're playing Saturday night um, in Green Bay. It's uh, a, what, 7.15 local time in Green Bay. So 5.15 in, uh, in the Bay Area in the West Coast, which means 8.15 for me here on the East Coast. Woohoo. Um, <laughs> just love those eight, eight o'clock starts. Um, games on Fox, which means we get uh, the uh, lovely team of Troy Aikman and uh, Joe Joe Buck doing the game. So that'll be fun, um, <laughs> depending on how you feel about that. But Niners head to um, to Green Bay to take on the number one seed, and they're certainly moving in the right direction, having won uh, three games in a row, including the wild card. And uh, so that's that's good news. The Packers are technically on a losing streak, you know, albeit. They lost a meaningless 18 week 18 game against the Lions, but uh, hey, it still counts for something. And of course, they have not, uh, will have not played in a couple of weeks by the time the game happens. But nonetheless, um, on we move. And so let's 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 kind of preview this game by way of talking about uh, uh, reasons that we think they could win and reasons that we think that they won't. So, Peter, I'll start with you. Give me some. Uh, give me a reason that you think the the 49ers can pull off this victory in chilly Lambeau Field. Well, this isn't a reason why the 49ers will win, <laughs> but it is something interesting. <laughs> so, for all of you 49er fans out there who think the Niners' special teams are terrible and they're not good, <laughs> it could be worse. It could be worse. And and again, we're getting into the analytics and stuff like this here. But Football Outsiders, they rank the Niners special teams unit 26 in the NFL in terms of DVOA, the Packers they're dead last. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. So, I mean, it could, it could be worse. Yep. You know, anytime that you're not actually dead last in something, you're not dead last. There's someone worse than you. And uh, maybe it's because Mason Crosby, their place kicker is only converted 73.5% of his uh, field goal attempts. I think I looked it up. I think that's third worst among qualifiers this year. And, wow. and Robbie Gould for all the complaints that we have about him. It, 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 you know, hey, at least he's been somewhat consistent this year. Yeah. Not great, not worth I mean, the money, but whatever. And he was really good on on Saturday on Sunday for what it was worth. You know. Yeah, yeah. It made 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 every kick that he needed to. Field goals, extra points. It, fine, fine. If you're gonna make that kind of money, go ahead and do that. <laughs> it is what it is. Okay. More power like, to you, man. If you can make yeah. the money. Um, you know, I I, I I'm writing something for this over at Niner Noise and it'll come out maybe by the time this is out, but it's just kind of a few reasons why the 49ers can win this game. And I I have a tough time limiting it to one because it's so multifaceted. Uh, You go back to week three when these two teams played last. D'Amico Ryans, he's going to be my X factor in all of this, at least one of them. That was his third game as a coordinator back in week three. He has shown so shown so much improvement since that point whether it's coming up with defensive adjustments uh you saw a lot of those in the Bengals game uh moving Eric Armstead outside to inside Arden Key inside allowing Nick Bosa who hopefully comes back from his uh concussion 
um, allowing him to flip-flop on either side of the line. Um, you know, you, you, those adjustments have helped a ton. And one of the things that I've really stressed was how the 49ers have cut down on opposing teams' running games. Over the last nine regular season games, the Niners have only given up 100 yards in a game once. And that was to Seattle. And a lot of that was on that, I think that fake fake punt <laughs> against the Seahawks. So it was, it was right. like a huge chunk right there. Um, so the Packers had a hundred rush yards in week three. Um, and the Niners early on in the season were giving up a ton of rush yards. That was like one of the lowest totals that they, the Niners had had on the year, but it was still a hundred yards. So D'Amico Ryan's is going to be one of my X factors. And of course, when you're going up against Devontae Adams, when you're going up against Aaron Rodgers, you know, like, like make someone else beat you. Right. I mean, not Devontae Adams. I don't care if Marquez Valdez Scantling gets like 13 targets and has like 80 yards and a touchdown. I don't care if Alan Lazard is like picking up five or six first downs in the game. I don't care. If you need three people to defend Devontae Adams or a linebacker to bump him at the line of scrimmage, run him off his route, a cornerback, I don't care who, Avery Thomas, Emmanuel Mosley, whoever. To, to play, you know, man with him. And then Jimmy Ward over the top, always on him. Just that alone, just that period. Cool. Make someone else beat you. Like that's, that's my X factor. And I think D'Amico Ryans is, is, is shown the wherewithal to do this. And I think you saw a lot of that in the Cowboys game. CD Lamb, the Cowboys number one wide receiver, um, had over 1,100 receiving yards. He's just phenomenal. He was held to one catch for 21 yards in the wild card game. And it's like, you, you kind of got to the end of the game, like with CeeDee Lamb even playing, like I know Amari Cooper made some catches. I know Dalton Schultz made some catches, Cedric Wilson, but like was CeeDee Lamb suited up? Was he out? And like, you look at the stat sheet, like, oh, he got a catch. Oh, he only got a catch. So it's possible to do that. The Cowboys have a much better wide receiver trio than the Packers do, you know? And, and you, you put Alan Lazard, Marcus Valdez, Scantling on another team with, a lesser quarterback than Aaron Rodgers, they're no namers. You know, the only reason you know who those guys are is because Aaron Rodgers is throwing the ball and they're getting decent numbers. But Devontae Adams is the guy. So, you know, yeah, you can talk about the running game. I'll probably defer that to you why I think the Niners could win. I'll, <laughs> I'll give you that suggestion. But to me, the X factor is going to be um, D'Amico Ryan's coming up with ways to, to take um, Devontae Adams out of the game. Of course, Nick Bosa getting back, the pass rush, flustering the Packers. And, you know, when Aaron Rodgers gets frustrated, then things tend to fall apart. Rewind two years ago in the, uh, the NFC Championship game. Yeah. That happened a lot. <laughs> so yeah. so that's, that's, that's my key X factor. And, it, you know, and if the 49ers do that, yeah, they win. They win, and especially on a cold night, that sort of stuff's going to hurt a lot more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, totally on, on board with, with, with all of that. Um, as you say, I was, I was definitely heading in that, in that, in that very direction, um, in that this, let's, let's be honest. There, there are a lot of similarities, I think, between the the Cowboys and and the Packers. And I know that neither of those teams would want to hear that, but you know, high powered offenses, defenses that have, uh, you know, solid front, uh, sevens in terms of, uh, pass rushing and, and that sort of thing. And some some decent pieces uh, in the secondary as well, but by and large struggling to stop the run. Um, we talked about how Dallas, how that was going to be a way to attack Dallas, and clearly um, Kyle Shanahan agreed agreed with that. We talked about um, Dallas's uh, defensive DVOA 
um, against the rush was uh, 16th coming into the game at negative 7.1. Well, guess what? Green Bay, even worse. Uh, they're 28th in that by that metric. Uh, negative 0.1%, um, which is teetering on the edge of being a positive number. Um, they were only better in DVOA uh, against the run than Atlanta, the Chargers, Detroit, and the Giants. So not not a company of, of teams you want to be hanging out with by any stretch of the imagination. Really, overall, defensively, they ended up not really finishing super strong. Um, 22nd in overall weighted DVOA and, and total DVOA. Um, total DVOA is 3.6%. Uh, weighted DVOA, 1, uh, 1.8%. They're only 15th against the pass. So they're, they're gettable on, on defense for sure. Now, of course, the, the other side of it is that they are one of the top offenses in the league, uh, number two in total DVOA uh, on, on offense, um, just behind uh, Green uh, Tampa Bay. Sorry. Now, the good news is the Niners are also in, that, in, the, are in the top five offensively. So there's a lot of, a lot of places for them to go. Um, and this is going to come down to, I think, can the 49ers uh, run the ball, control the clock, um, really do what they've done to teams like the Rams this year, uh, where they just they dictate the situation. Um, uh, they dictate the, the pace of the game. They dictate exactly what they want to do. And if they can do that, I think there's a, there's a good chance that they can win the game. Because, uh, I mean, the other, the other part of this, think about week three. You mentioned week three. They they had that game in hand. They 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 were ready to win the game, and then Aaron Rodgers just came out of and and came at him with 37 seconds left, and and got down the field and, and got a field goal with no timeouts. Partly was part of that was as you noted as you noted D'Amico Ryan's and his lack of experience of what to do in those situations as a coordinator. And I think if they run up against that situation again, hopefully he'll know better what to do. The other thing to keep in mind is all the players that the 49ers are missing in that first game. Um, you know, Elijah Mitchell didn't play. I, I don't think Kittle play or no Kittle played. Um, they were missing some several, several key, key parts. Brandon Ayuk was still getting frozen out at that particular point. Juwan Jennings wasn't even getting snaps. Um, their defensive secondary was completely different. Um, I think uh, Josh Norman, Diamador, Lenore were the, 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 the cornerbacks that day. Um and you know certainly there's there's some some give and take there, but uh, I think by and large the Niners are in a better place than they were when they played this this team in Week Three, and that was a game they almost won um, without playing particularly well, and um, they had a very similar situation that did several weeks throughout that four game losing streak where they just couldn't get themselves started offensively at the beginning of the game. Um, and it was just uh, one of those frustrating situations. So I think, I guess if you narrow it down to kind of the, the, the nitty gritty of all that, if they can run the ball effectively against a team that doesn't particularly stop the run all that well, and then if they can take advantage of the fact that they play this team, but now they're in a better position in terms of strength, I, th I think there's a good chance that they could win. Um, so that's, those are my, my thoughts. Anything to say about that, Peter? Yeah, that's that's pretty spot on, you know, and, and just kind of piggyback on what you noted. Um, the 49ers in week three were still kind of overcoming some of the, the early injury woes that they had dealt with at key positions. I mean, Raheem Mostert gone out in week one with a knee injury. Turns out that was a season ender. And so with Elijah Mitchell also out, I mean, it, that, that was a Trey Sermon game. 
and he <laughs> rushed 10 times for 31 yards and a touchdown that led the Niners ground attack. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, look, I, I still hope Trey Sermon. I have hope for Trey Sermon. I think that he he's going to have a role in this team going forward. It's just not, not this year. Um, and in that game, it was like, okay, the Niners didn't get anything going on the ground. And then similarly, like you mentioned, the cornerback room, Jason Barrett had torn his ACL two weeks before. You know, he was supposed to be a massive cog, right? And I think Emmanuel Mosley went out. I, I, was that in the Eagles game? I can't remember, but I think no, he was I think out he too. played in the he started and played okay. in the the game against Green Bay. If okay, I remember okay, okay, okay. But yeah, I mean, like even just dealing with with Verrett going down. I mean, you're talking about two key players the Niners were going to rely upon heavily this season being done for the year. And so you, you tack on that, you know, those sort of body blows to the roster. And then the fact that the 49ers fell behind, I think what 17, nothing. Yeah. And, and unlike what you've seen in recent weeks where there had to be a little bit of desperation, you know, the 49ers were flat and that was the start of that four game losing streak. So there's a lot of things that were about to go very wrong. <laughs> and, you know, maybe that was part of the adversity. And even then it took just some absolute amazing play from, from Aaron Rodgers to get the Packers to win. Cause when the 49ers came roaring back and finally took the lead late, it was like, wow. Okay. Of course, it's Aaron Rodgers, and Rodgers is going to do Rodgers-like things. And and Devontae Adams was, again, getting wide open on that drive. I'm like, what are you doing? You know he's going to go over him, but whatever. Um, so, yeah, so I agree with you. I mean, just the context is so different from then to now, and a lot of those worries the Niners had earlier in the season have since been solidified. The quarterback room is, is, is solidified. You know, uh, the Mosley's back and playing well. Ambry Thomas – uh, I think he only gave up two catches, kind of inconsequential catches against Dallas on four targets. Wasn't part of the storyline. And for him, that's good. And, you know, unless he's picking off a game ceiling interception against the Rams, if, if he's not part of the discussion, if nobody's noticing him, he's doing his job. That's great. So, you know, that's solidified too. So, yeah, no, I fully agree with you. The 49ers, they run the ball, um, they, you know, can control the clock, take advantage of uh, a Packers run defense that gave up uh, 3.7 or no, 3.7. That'd be good. 4.7 yards per carry during that's the regular season. That was tied for, yeah, that's tied for third worst in the league, folks. So that's, if you're Green Bay, that's a problem. And so that's probably why you're looking at this matchup and thinking, well, you know, just kind of like Dallas, the 49ers match up against the Packers well with what, you know, the, the, the 49ers want to do on offense. So, yeah, I think I think that'll be the kind of the way that it pans out. All right, then why, why do they lose this game then? So, uh, <laughs> as, as much as I think Kyle Shanahan would love to dial up a repeat of what happened in 2020, when Raheem Mostert rushed for 220 yards and four touchdowns, Aaron Rodgers was being sacked or pressured on every single drop back and fumbling and throwing interceptions, whatever. As much as that would be great, uh, it's going to come down to Garoppolo having to make plays. And so a little bit of an interesting tidbit that came out on Monday and then further developed today um, Monday, Kyle Shanahan said Garoppolo had suffered a shoulder sprain. So it's kind of like, oh, really? When did that happen? And, you know, still trying to figure all that out. Uh, I don't know how much stock to put into this report, but just, just worth kind of saying. 
Uh, Fox Sports, Jason McIntyre. Um, again, there hasn't been too much else to corroborate this, or you know, there haven't been one of the big NFL insiders like Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport to say it. Um, but Jason McIntyre tweeted out that he had talked to a source high up in the 49ers, for 49ers organization saying that they're very worried about Garoppolo's shoulder. Like he might not be able to play on mm. Saturday against the Packers. And coincidentally, and this is the only reason that I gave it any merit whatsoever. And even then I'm still kind of like, yeah, all right. Garoppolo is limited in practice, but what else is new? Um, the line uh, the, the, the spread on the game moved pretty considerably. So it opened according to win bet with the Packers four and a half point favorites today. That line moved to a six point advantage for green Bay. So that's, you know, a point and a half. And maybe that's because of the lot of the money going towards the 49ers. I don't know, you know, whatever. Um, again, I don't want to get too deep in the bidding in, into the, the, the betting side of things, but that was something that was of interest. So Garoppolo came out and they asked him what hurts more, the, the, the thumb or the, the shoulder. And in the presser today, we're recording this on a Tuesday, he just said yes. <laughs> so kind of weird, you know, maybe that's one of those things that if it did impact him against, uh, against Dallas in that second half where he was not good, that's a concern to me um, because you could see those kinds of mistakes that Garoppolo made against the Cowboys, the Cowboys shot themselves in the foot. And that might be the only major reason why the 49ers survived Garoppolo not being good. That's not going to work against green Bay Packers are far better coached. You know, they have a far more experienced roster. Aaron Rodgers isn't going to make those kind of mistakes on the flip side that uh, Dak Prescott did. No, that's just not going to happen. And so if you get into a situation where, you know, Garoppolo is, is banged up, I look, I, I believe he'll play. Yeah. I, 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 I have no reason to, to think that all of a sudden Trey Lance is going to get run out there and the biggest game of his life. But if the 49ers lose this game, it's probably going to have at least one thing to do with Jimmy G whether it's interception or just kind of a knuckleheaded, you know, play or, or, or missing a wide open guy on a key third down situation in the fourth quarter of a one score game or whatever, like that could be why. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty much with you on that. Um, I think it just comes down to, yeah, I, 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 I think the, the 49ers are going to be able to obviously run the ball more effectively than they did in week three. Um, I mean, it would be hard for them to be worse. <laughs> let's just, let's say that. But um, yeah, I mean, it, I think they're, they're, the Packers are going to be good enough offensively more than likely. And that's really what it will come down to, to make this game close, even if the Niners can do whatever they want with it. Barring, you know, Garoppolo and, and Shanahan figuring out a way to, to run like, like four... <laughs> 10 minute drives, which would be incredible, by the way, um, if they managed to, to knock off a, a four minute drive every time they had the ball uh, scored four touchdowns and somehow it was like 28 to nothing because the, the Packers never not got momentum going or anything. That would be amazing. But um, yeah, I, I just think the, the way they lose, as you, as you notice, um, either Garoppolo isn't healthy and they try to run him out there anyway, and that ends up hurting the team or he just he's always good for it. It seems like 
he's generally good for for something to go wrong at some point during every game and if if they lose it feels like that's the kind of thing that it's going to come down to um is that they need to hold on to the ball but they put themselves in a bad situation it's third down and eight they're you know up by a field goal or something like that late in the game and he makes a mistake and they end up giving the game away i just I don't, I don't foresee a situation where they get blown out. Um, I don't foresee a situation where they blow the Packers out again, barring a recreation of the of the 2020 NFC Championship game. Um, so it's just, it's certainly just one of those situations where they lose because everything else seems like it's ready to go. But if if Garoppolo can't can't keep himself from making a mistake that that will be the thing that ends up costing them. Um, so, so here's the other question though, and then we'll, we'll get into uh, predictions and then, and then wrap it up. Do you think if, if, if Garoppolo doesn't go, is there, is there a path to, to the Niners winning this at all? Is Lance able to go out there and, and do enough to win? Or is that just going to be too much? Like that would be my, my thought. Oh, oh, totally, totally. There, there would be a path for it, and you know, I think a lot of it would have to to, to revolve around the run game. Um, but the moment Trey Lance would go in, the first thing that you would expect that Packers front seven to do is cheat against the run. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's 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 obvious. So what you would need to have is you know, a, a few very simple, you don't have to get over overly complex on this, but a few simple deep shots and Trey Lance can do that. Uh, and, and, and at least just open up the field in that regard to, to threaten that. And again, you know, mm-hmm. Trey Lance's elusiveness on the ground. Um, you know, he's not necessarily a massive established running threat. He was in college, but at the pro level, not quite. I mean, yes, he can run, but you're, you're not going to see these chunk 40 yard plays or something. He hasn't gone full Lamar Jackson mode yet. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's, there's a path for it and it's based yeah. on the running game. Now, if you were to flip the script and say, okay, Trey Lance, now you got to go take on the Tampa bay bucks who yeah. are excellent at stopping the run <laughs> i'll be like yeah nope you know the buccaneers cornerbacks are banged up but boy that pass rush is good and the linebackers are good there so i don't know if that would work but yeah. uh I, I think there would be a path to do it but i think it'd have to be a very almost spoon-fed offensive game plan that would revolve heavily around the ground game and, and a successful ground game uh and then furthermore on top of that we are talking about aaron Rodgers, and Rodgers can do rogers like things so sure. even if the 49ers game plan goes to perfection there's a reason why aaron Rodgers is going to be back-to-back mvp and uh yeah i mean the only saving grace oh and three against the 49ers in the postseason so you know to be honest with you like i, I wouldn't be surprised if this game kind of took on that 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 2014 wild card round feel at Lambeau, you know, and and that was the year after Colin Kaepernick went off against the Packers in the playoffs, and that was kind of that ice bowl with Jim Harbaugh and the puff pants, and <laughs> you know, just you're looking like a marshmallow man, and and uh, I think it was 23 20 when um, mm-hmm. good old Uncle Phil da- Dawson, I believe it was Phil Dawson at the time, yep. um, kicked that uh, game winning field goal as time expired I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was yeah. the kind of outcome where it's like who's in field goal range by the time the the final whistle is going to go yep yeah i think th- i definitely uh, agree with you on that and I, and I certainly agree on the you know what the path to victory would be with 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 lance if he has to go 
Um, I, I mean, I, I was saying the other day, you know, when I saw that news come through, and this is going to sound kind of horrible, but also it's just kind of the facts of the situation. Like as much as, as cool as it would be to win a Super Bowl this year, like the problems that that would create, <laughs> like if Garoppolo wins us the Super Bowl, what do you do with, at that point with, with him after you just drafted his replacement with all these first round picks that you gave up and yada, yada. So almost the best case scenario is that, you know, Garoppolo can't go and Lance goes out there and wins this game for you and then somehow leads you to, to the Super Bowl and you win it that way, which is a weird, a weird way for a season to, to pan out. But, um, and plus, you know, the, the thing is, even if he, if he had to go for whatever reason, if, if Trey Lance ended up playing in this game, if the worst thing that comes out of this is he gets some playoff experience in a weird, in a weird season where he only played in three and a half games in the regular season or two and a half games or whatever it was, that would, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. But uh, anyway. Um, all right, Peter, what do we think? How's, how's this one going to, going to go out on uh, Saturday night? Well, so here's, here's my thing. It was actually funny. You mentioned all that because I was talking with, uh, with the esteemed Michael Collins, senior NFL director um, of fansided.com. And uh, we were talking about Garoppolo and, oh, he was saying if Garoppolo wins the Super Bowl with 49ers, they have to keep him. And I was just like, eh. I did, did, did George, did, I did the George Kittle. I was like, eh. And I said, he's like, well, why, why not? And I'm just like, money? Yeah. <laughs> like 25 million next season. Niners have, I think, 10 million in cap space, a shade over that. And Debo Samuel is going to be expensive. Nick Bosa is going to be expensive. How are you going to extend those guys? There's your answer. And he's like, okay, true. Anyway, side note, just kind of getting off topic here, yeah, but yeah. related to what you were saying. Get us. Um, all right. I, I, I've got to be, I'm going to go against, uh, I got to be a negative Nancy here. And, and I hope I'm, I'm wrong. I, I, <laughs> I, I hope I'm wrong in, on both, both counts. Um, and I'm predicting the Packers win this 30 to 24. Um, reason being, it's going to be tough. The Packers are going to sell out to stop the run, however it's going to be. And you're not going to see a Jimmy Garoppolo six completion game like you did in 2020, January 2020. So Garoppolo is going to have to throw. And with that thumb, with that shoulder, uh, you know, two mistakes would, would kill you. One mistake probably is bad enough. So yeah, I'm going to go green Bay 30 to 24, but to be honest with you right now, at this point with everything that happened earlier in the season, all the weirdness, the losing streaks, all of that, it's house money time. So yeah. to me, and, and maybe 49er fans out there feel differently, um, but to me, the season's already a success. You know, the Niners got into the postseason. They won a playoff game. Uh, they beat a longtime arch rival in the Cowboys. Uh, and hey, you know what? If, if you lose to the number one seed at home with a Hall of Fame quarterback, you can at least go back and say, all right, hey, made it deep in the playoffs. And yeah, Aaron Rodgers, you might be advancing, but you're still only one in three against us in the postseason. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, just saying, just letting you know that. So, congratulations on your first win against the 49ers in play in in, in the playoffs. I'm going with that prediction, uh, especially with the line increasing to minus six in favor of Green Bay. Um, I think it's going to be a, a 30-24 uh, Packers win. Um. Yeah, that's sad. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm totally with you on the like playing with house money thing. 
like when we were when this team was three and five and we were like, eh, maybe they're just not very good. And, you know, the fact that they sort of back ended their way into the playoffs by having to win the last game of the season. And especially when it they could have clinched, you know, several weeks before if they had just won some games uh, it, that they should have won early in the year and, and that sort of thing. Uh, to get there and then to win that game like they did on Sunday was, was massive. And I, I think it's, it's definitely a good opportunity, um, some good experience for some of these younger guys and, and that sort of thing. But Hey, look, I, I think this is still a matchup that um, you alluded to it. There's really only one matchup, one team left in the NFC that makes me go, Man, I really don't think that that the Niners would have a really good chance against them, and that's that's Tampa Bay, just because their defense matches up so well with what the 49ers do um, do well, and they that that would be a a clash of styles in in the worst way. But I, I think I think there's a path here, and so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be optimistic as I am as I as I tend to not be all the time, and I'm gonna go with the with the thing that you alluded to. Uh, earlier, I'm going to go 49ers are going to win this one 26 to 23 on a uh, last minute Robbie Gould field goal to to win the thing and and take the hearts away from from Packers fans everywhere. So that's what I'm going with. I yeah. hope you're right. I, I hope I'm right, too. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're 100 percent right. And I hope we're back here in a week going, Peter, I told you so. You're I'll, a sucker. You suck. And I'll, I'll be, be happy like, to. Yeah. I'll be happy to. I won't say that last part, but I'll, I'll be happy to. Go ahead. To if that's face. the case. I will be perfectly fine with uh, I will eat that loss on the prediction and I'll jump up and down and, and sing about it afterwards. Yeah. And then we have to do a weird thing and like root for the Rams to win the other game. Weirdly. Yeah. Yeah. Strange. Isn't that so weird? I mean, that is just, weird. You, 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 the 49ers could play. And, and again, getting way ahead of ourselves here, but Hey, who cares? Like we I, did it last week and it worked out. We don't have to say, Hey, we're just focused on, Green Bay. Yeah. Hey, we, we focused, we, we looked ahead and said, Hey, this Packers games haven't beaten the Cowboys yet. Whatever. Uh, it's so weird to think the 49ers could feasibly play at SoFi three times in the same season. Mm. And, 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 and maybe this is just my like, imagine it scenario, dream scenario, whatever. Because uh, the Chiefs right now, they're just looking unstoppable. I yeah. mean, that's, they look like there's the old Super Bowl winning Chiefs, Chiefs from a couple of years ago. They're just like the offensive lines blocking. That defense is actually like mean again, like really good. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is back to doing Mahomes like things. I mean, I, it, it's 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 insane. Um, but it's kind of this little dream scenario because when the 49ers played Kansas City out in Miami, it was about 75, 25 in favor of fans there rooting for the Chiefs. And, of course, it was like the whole country wanted, oh, Patrick Mahomes, this is a great storyline. Let's root for him and, and Andy <laughs> Reid. And, like, everybody became a Chiefs fan overnight. It was just like, shut up. But, anyway, if that game gets played at, at SoFi, 49ers, Chiefs, the rematch, again, way ahead of ourselves. So, if you're like, gosh, Peter, you haven't even gotten there yet. Trust me, I hear you. I know. <laughs> I'm not sitting here like going like, all right, but a minute, you think about about this. Think about it, 49er fans. 49ers Chiefs, SoFi Stadium, that place would be packed with Niner fans. And so it would be the sweetest of sweet revenge uh, for that to be the factor. And of course, if we're just dialing up the old Madden video game franchise where it's just like, no matter what, you're going to play and your team's going to win. 49ers win that game, 
get that Super Bowl over Kansas City and SoFi with a bunch of 49er fans in attendance that are just loud, like making, you know, Patrick Mahomes life hell. Cool. <laughs> That'd be yeah. a great epitaph to the season, wouldn't it be? Indeed. But what a anyway, what a weird way to end it would be. I digress. <laughs> All good. And and I believe you you mean that they would be traveling to Levi's Stadium South uh, when you right to right. That's the new name of it. That's I don't know what SoFi Stadium and, uh, is. It's not uh, Kelly thing. Kelly Kelly Stafford is still kind of in shock about <laughs> that, saying like there are so many opposing fans there, and uh, <laughs> uh. so it, it wasn't quite that in Dallas, but it's still pretty good. I still yeah. just kind of you know looking at the the I mean. Think about this, Cowboys fans who tune into this podcast. And I know there's tons of you who listen to the Niner Noise podcast, so thank you. But the Cowboys decided to go white out with all you know the towels and, hey, wear your white. And I'm like, what are you doing? The red is going to show up so much more pronounced. (laughs) And that that it was. And it was. And it was just like, oh, oh, wear blue. You know, do something that's a little different. Just wear your blue. Wear wear your technically home Cowboys unis, even though they always wear white at home. But yeah, that was one of those things that I was just like, okay, (laughs) whatever. Well, good times. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I have a a friend who's a, a Packers fan. We're, we're going to be spending the first part of the weekend together. It's his, actually, here's the funniest part. It's his birthday on Saturday during the game. And so I am going to uh, hope that he does not get a good birthday present because I don't want to. So good. There we go. Good. Uh, yeah. 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 You can actually say, um, God, you got to get him something really nice. It, you I mean, know, if it, into barbecue or something like that. I, mean, or... I, I already got him something pretty nice, so okay. that's fine. Like, okay. I don't feel bad about if the 49ers win this game on his birthday. It won't make me feel bad at all. I did this, this to a buddy of mine. The and, and, and up here in Northern California, you know, the kind of the, the allegiances are split. So it was a lot of 49ers and Raiders um, fans up here, and especially up in Sacramento. Uh, so I, a good buddy of mine, super into like smoking meats and using a smoker and barbecue. So I got him a super, super nice, uh, 49ers barbecue set, you know, like, like all the, the, the tools and utilities, like, you know, like everything, awesome. 49ers logos, everything like that. And like, he had some things, but it was all kind of second rate. And so it was, it was cool. And I, I get, did it as a gag and he was the other some four letter words thrown in there when he when he saw him but it was kind of one of those things where i was like but you, you kind of need to use they're really scratch, nice so. yeah it's like mean. i'm gonna scratch out all this 49ers stuff all the etchings and put stickers <laughs> over the, the logos and i'm like you know what's going to be under there yeah. <laughs> so well peter panacee uh top top notch gift giver everybody so there we go all right. Uh, thanks as always for listening uh, to this episode of the Niner Noise podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Please uh, continue to check out NinerNoise.com for all your latest 49ers news and analysis as we continue to ramp up through this hopefully long playoff run. Uh, and be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Um, and uh, we would really appreciate uh, reviews and we'll take questions and if we uh, see those come through, we'll be sure to give you a shout out on the air and answer that question. And of course, please uh, share the podcast with all your fellow 49er fan friends. So until next time, let's sound the horn, 49ers.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.